us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we come before you on this first Sunday in the Lenten season to be mindful of our own sins that separate us from you. Father, we pray, strengthen our hearts by your words of grace and mercy. Remind us that we are indeed your forgiven children and that we are forgiven by the blood of the Lamb shed on a cross for us. Be with us this day and all day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Lenten season, as I reminded you earlier, is a season of reflection, a season of penance, a season of repentance. And so it is proper for us to, in the Lenten season, focus on sin. Ooh, that doesn't sound very comfortable, Pastor. We don't really like to talk about sin. Well, it's kind of a necessary thing. Because the scriptures remind us that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and no one is righteous, not even one. And so as we move through this Lenten season, we're going to look at the various teachings of Jesus as he himself journeys in his ministry to the cross. And so we go to the very beginning of his ministry, his temptation, if you will, in the wilderness. But before we go to there, we need to be reminded of where it all began in the garden. That garden of paradise, that garden of Eden when the serpent came to tempt Eve and Adam into a disobedience against God. Because you see, that's really what all sin is. It's disobedience against God. It's, it's imposing our will, our desires, our wants over the things of God. Remember, God said to them, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden. What does Satan do? He comes along and he questions God's word. Did God really say? And we would say the rest is history. Because you see, when you call into question God's word, in our own hearts, and our own minds, it leaves a little bit of wiggle room. Place for us to kind of make an excuse. And that's what Eve does. Well, the serpent you made, he made me do it. Of course, even Adam, who's there, falls into sin as well, and he does the same thing. The woman you made, she, she gave me the fruit and I ate. Yeah, see the picture of Eve trying to force feed Adam, you know, and cramming that fruit down his mouth. No. And of course, we use that famous line, the devil made me do it. doesn't work that way. In our gospel lesson today, we see Jesus in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's there, and during that time in the wilderness, the devil comes to tempt him, and the devil calls into question again 
God's word. In fact, we might say in this case, in this place, he calls into question the word of God made flesh. I'll try to use my devil voice again a little bit. Jesus, are you hungry? It's been a while since you've had anything to eat. Now, let me just take a little liberty here and put it into today's terms. You see, you see those rocks over there? Yeah. You could turn them into death by chocolate cake. You could, you could probably maybe even turn it into a loaded pizza with a mug of beer. You could. even make some tamales or breakfast burritos or whatever you want. Now, there's no question that Jesus could have done those things. But he embraced the fullness of humanity not to feed himself selfishly. but to feed the world. He turns to Satan and he uses the very word of God to withstand this temptation. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Stones into bread? No. text tells us that Satan next takes him to a high point of the temple, to the highest point. And I've never really quite understood this temptation because who in their right mind would want to jump off of a building? I kind of liken it to why would anybody in their right mind want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane with a parachute? I couldn't go there. Some of you have probably done that. It's not for me. I get nervous when other people stand at the edge of a high place. Go to the Grand Canyon, I'm telling my kids, get back, get back, get back. And so here's Jesus at the high point of the temple and the devil says, why don't you just throw yourself off of here? If you're the son of God... It's written that he will send his holy angels to guard you, to lift you up, lest you even strike your foot against a stone. What's the temptation here? It's not to throw yourself off and see if God actually will save you. The temptation here is to prove that he is the Son of God. The temptation is to prove that he is who he says he is. But this is not the time or the place because you see where Jesus proves he's the Son of God and he is who he is, is on a cross. Where all things are fulfilled for your sake and for mine. 
But once again, Jesus responds to this temptation using God's word. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And for that third temptation recorded, the devil takes him to the highest place and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and says, all of this can be yours. I'll give it to you if you fall down and worship me. This temptation is the one that really unlocks the key to understanding all sin. Because all sin is really a de facto way of worshiping the devil and ignoring the commands of God. All sin is a way of saying, God, I don't need you, and putting ourselves into the hands of the prince of this world. But Jesus once again fights back with God's word. Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the text tells us that the devil left him and the angels came and ministered to him. The reality is, is that we face temptations every day in our lives. That the world and the culture around us is constantly bombarding us with those things that, that entice us and pull us away from what is right. I got to admit, right now, I'm really struggling with the temptation. Really struggling. I'm not sure it's sinful but I'm really struggling. I think, I think I'm going to give in to it. I had to sneak a picture of my new granddaughter in somewhere. Mostly because all of you have been asking. And somebody says, well, why don't you just put it up there during the sermon? So I'm thinking, hey, well, how can I fit that in? Yes. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but a temptation there, right? One of the things that we hear in terms of temptations is that whole struggle, if you will, with, with, uh, with sin. And someone once coined the phrase, the seven deadly sins. And the whole idea here of the things that we face on a daily basis. And, and when you really think about it, most of our sins can fall into one of these categories. Struggle with our own sinful flesh in terms of pride somehow making ourselves more important or more puffed up than we are. Sometimes even going to the extent of turning ourselves into our own God. We do that with the simple phrases, it's my life. I can do what I want. And in those words, we ignore the fact that our life belongs to God and that he bought and paid for it with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We look at the riches and the wealth of the world and greed can set in. It can distract us and pull us away from what's truly important. And again, we start acting like the two-year-old who pulls the lollipop out of somebody else's hand and says, mine. We want it all for ourselves. 
Sometimes it might be the lust. We know that our culture is, is ripe with that. It doesn't take too long to turn on the television set and be confronted with all of those advertisements that are using sex to sell whatever it is they're trying to sell. We know that the internet is ripe with it. The number one uh, product on the internet is pornography. That trap is out there. We can fall into those. And of course, envy. I want what he has. Another way of saying that is covet. We're not satisfied with what God has provided, and so we need to go and take the means to gather more around ourselves. It's kind of in there with the greed. Sloth, the laziness of the world that wants to avoid the things of God, turning the blind eye to those in need around us, ignoring what God puts before us and rather taking the ways of the world. It's looking for the easy path of comfort rather than the challenging path of God's call in our lives. And of course, anger. An anger that things aren't going our way or things that aren't unfolding according to our will. An anger against God sometimes when life doesn't seem to be going right. Anger against others, all flowing out of our own selfish heart. And of course, gluttony. Gluttony, of course, we want to associate with food, overeating, taking more than our share, but gluttony doesn't just apply to food. It applies to all the indulgences of life. It's not taking care of our bodies the way that God wants us to. It's subjecting ourselves to the things that, that poison our system, whether it's drugs or alcohol. It's not understanding how we are to live as God has called us to live. The list could go on. We all deal with struggles in our lives and sins every day, and we try to sometimes keep them to ourselves. When we really need the aid of brothers and sisters in Christ to walk alongside of us at times, to lift us up, to strengthen us, to encourage us. But no matter what the sin or what the struggle or what the temptation is, the clue for us, the lesson for us on how to fight against those is to turn to the Word of God. Just as Jesus overcame the temptations in the wilderness by fighting Satan with the Word, we too can fight Satan with the Word. And you go, well, Pastor, I'm not really good at remembering the Scriptures. I don't know if I can pull out the right text at the right time. I mean, Jesus was really good at that. Okay, I, I can understand that. So let me, let me close by giving you this word of advice. We turn to the letter to the Hebrews where he gives us this encouragement, fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In other words, you can do like Luther did when you're tempted by the devil and you don't have that appropriate verse in the word, turn to the word made flesh and say, Lord, help me. It's the same cry that Peter uttered when he saw the things of the world while walking on the water and started to sink. 
You may not have the right Bible verse at the tip of your tongue. But you can call out for the name of Jesus Christ, Lord have mercy on me, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Give me the strength to withstand. You can revert to the words of the Lord's prayer, lead me not into temptation but deliver me from evil. Think of it this way. That sin that you are contemplating, that thing that you know isn't quite right, would you do it if you knew that Jesus was right there in the room with you? When you sit down to do your taxes and there's that questionable part and you go, do I take this deduction or not? Is this legit or not? I don't know. Would you take it if Jesus was looking over your shoulder? You struggle with gambling and you're there at the casino and would you go in if Jesus was walking beside you? Would you hit that key on the computer that takes you to that pornographic site if you knew that Jesus was watching? Would you do those unkind things and say those harsh words to a coworker? if you knew Jesus was listening. You see, to combat the sins in our lives that our sinful nature drags in front of us, that Satan entices us with, it's the presence of Jesus Christ and the knowledge of that presence that gives us the strength to turn around to say, Satan and say, no! I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it God's way. Because I know I have a Savior who loves me, who went to a cross and who died there to be a perfecter of my faith. And who did it in my place and for my sake. I find my strength in the cross of Christ and not in my own flesh. Lean upon Jesus. Cling to the cross. Look to him. Fight against the sins of the flesh and of the world and of the devil himself. Not by your strength, but by Christ in you. We pray it. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. He did it at a cross for each one of us. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able and to join with me in confessing our common Christian faith in the ancient words of the Nicene Creed. It's printed for you in your worship folders on page six, or you can follow along as it's projected. <laughs> 